Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Coffee Chug, and guys, we're here with episode number 77. And this one, I, I want to set a little, little intro here. Um, there was an article posted a few weeks ago by this man named Joe Morgan on Slate.com titled, I'm a developer, I won't teach my kids to code, and neither should you. And this article has created um, a bit of a buzz online. I've seen tons of my online PLN people responding and pinging him and asking him questions. And there just seems to be a, a lot of buzz around this in terms of do we agree? And I had the opportunity to interview him. And that's what this podcast is. I got a chance to connect with Joe for about a half hour to dive deeper into his article, asking him all these things about should we teach coding and, and why did he post it and, and what are his thoughts. And so what I would recommend is this. First, you go to the show notes and you read the article so you understand where it is that we're coming from. And then as you're listening, what is your opinion? I would love to know myself. I'm, I'm curious what the community thinks. And so I try to create a podcast that was objective and didn't share uh, my thoughts either way because I wanted to keep it open. I wanted him to to talk about his article, talk about his ideas because I think there's some really important concepts in there. And I'm sure that there are some of you who will not agree with everything. And so I think if nothing else, it is a catalyst for conversation as computer science becomes more and more prevalent within schools as people are trying to figure out coding and to the point of maybe what do we do beyond the hour of code. These are questions, these are thoughts, these are ideas that I think are really worth exploring back in your buildings to make sure we're creating the proper platforms of learning and classroom environments uh, to do this work right. We know in education how important these skills are. We also need to hear from the people that are out in the fields doing this work and somehow come together um, and, and, and try to figure out what is the best solution. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I really look forward to the conversation. Please feel free to reach out. Uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts and ideas on, on Twitter and on the Coffee for the Brain Facebook page and, and anywhere else that you reach out to me. Let's keep these conversations going. Be sure to reach out to Joe, and um, let's just see where it takes us. Because I think we're we're heading into we're heading into unknown territory, and it's going to be really important that we stick together, we work together to do what's best. All right, guys, let's get into this episode featuring Joe Morgan. I'm a developer. I won't teach my kids to code, and neither should you. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation, Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker, living on the edge of chaos, born insane, listening to coffee chugs like caffeine for the brain, one of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born, here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. Hello everyone, how you doing? This is Coffee Chug and I'm here with another episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast and I'm really excited for this conversation we're going to have today. As many of you know, as we've been uh, wrapping our heads around Computer Science Week in the, in the first week of December and, and some schools have been doing that beforehand and some will continue to do that uh, beyond just that week. Uh, there's been lots of buzz around STEM and, and computer science and 
as I'm always trying to keep uh, my head above water with all the latest updates and news and, and angles and, and interpretations, I came across um, this, the, the, this amazing gentleman here who had a, a great little piece on, on Slate.com, at least that's where I came across it, um, that really had some, some interesting insights about the idea of coding. Um, and I thought it would be so pivotal for us to dive into that. So I reached out to him and asked if he'd be willing to have a conversation. Um, and he said, yes. So I'm really excited to have him join the, the, the podcast here today. And so, um, Joe, if you could, could you introduce yourself, kind of explain who you are, a little bit of your backdrop so people can get, get an idea of, um, who I'm talking to here today. Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my name is Joe Morgan. I'm a JavaScript developer. I've done different kinds of programming for past eight, nine, ten years. It really depends on how you kind of how you kind of measure it. Before I was a full-time programmer, I was a librarian, so that kind of gives me a different edge. I think not not exactly an educator, but kind of in that realm of of teaching and learning. Um, I'm also the author of a book on JavaScript. So I know know my technical stuff, and I'm a father of, of two children, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and that was kind of what started this article because having a kid running around the house, I think about education a lot, and and I just started seeing these books about coding pop up all over the place, and that's what led to the article. Yeah, and so I will put a link to the article in the show notes for those listening in that want to see um, and, and read the article that, that Joe put together. But the title of the article is, I'm a developer. I won't teach my kids to code, and neither should you. Um, and as opposed to me just doing a, a audiobook version of the article, Joe, could you just kind of give a quick little elevator pitch of, of the kind of the key idea that you were expressing in that article so we have some context for those that are probably listening in on their car and can't stop and read it um, right at this moment? <laughs> sure. Um, so the big takeaway, I think, is that when all these materials that are about teaching kids to code inadvertently focus on what I call syntax, which is the language of the programming language. And while that's important, I think it's one of those things that's not nearly as important as, as I don't know if you would call them softer skills, but other traits like, like creativity, like determination, like the ability to look at a problem from all sides. And then also as a developer, um, getting something working is really just, I wouldn't even say it's the first half, it's more like the first quarter, because um, a lot of what it is to be a software developer is to make something good, something of quality. And so it's really important also to teach kids about ideas of quality. And so you're not teaching them syntax, you're not teaching them to, to code in air quotes, but anytime you involve your kids in something that you're passionate about, you're teaching them those other skills about creativity, about quality. And I think that's way more important than just diving right into language. Yeah, and, I, and, and what really resonate, resonated with me in your article was, was just that idea. I think of, as I think about a lot of schools that are trying to figure out how to weave in computer science or how to weave in coding and... and um, well, there were, I'm not really here to say that it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but I think where a lot of the learning stops is it's a quick little kind of boot camp course, so to speak, whether it's, it's a one-quarter class or 30 minutes one day a week, and they never really get beyond the syntax. And I, and I, and I see that um, just, if nothing else, like not inspiring the kids to even consider you know, coding and computer science as um, a much bigger system that can allow us to be more robust thinkers. Um, and so I'm curious, as you put us this article, and I was trying to follow things on Twitter and this and that, 
Um, what's been been some of the feedback? Because I mean, I've I've seen that there's been lots of different communication channel feeds uh, throughout, and I'm sure that, I mean there's more mediums than just Twitter. Um, so as you've posted this, what have some, some people been, been sharing in response to your idea? Um, sure. So the feedback has been actually a lot more positive than I expected. You know, it, the the title is pretty combative, and I you know I, I made it that way because I wanted to get people's attention. But um, a lot of people, particularly people who are educators such as yourself, had had really positive aspects, and um, they admitted some you know some frustration as professionals with how hard it, a how hard it is to teach things like creativity and and quality and and doing something well, not just getting the right answer, but also how they get feedback from the parents, from the kids that they don't want to learn those things. They just they want the right answer. They want to get the get on the test and they want to move on. So addressing those things, I think they appreciate that. You know, it is it is more than just the right answer. Um, also got a lot of negative feedback, as we're expected. I think the negative feedback boiled down to essentially two things. One is um, a lot of people who learned coding as a kid and found that particularly useful, and they, they thought I was on the wrong track. And then the other group, I think you slightly misunderstood what I was going for in saying that you should never, ever teach children to code, ever, including middle school, including <laughs> high school, which is, is really not the point. Right. It's more of um, it, it, it's more of the way you teach it. You know, it's there's there's broader skills such as appreciating problems, and then there are ways to go about those problems. Yeah. So, in my mind, you know, I think what's important is that you teach you teach kids to ask questions and to be curious about things, and eventually they'll get curious about a problem that only a code will solve. And once that's the case, okay, then teach the code. But the problem should lead lead the inquiry, not the technology, not the, the solution, so to speak. Yeah, and I think you're spot on there. As I was thinking, I was thinking of my son who um, had to go through kind of a, a, a checklist type of classwork where he was trying to learn HTML code. And he just... What he wanted to do, he's like, I want to build this kind of website, and he wasn't able to because that wasn't like the lesson of the week, you know. Right, um, right. And I'm thinking, and and we lost him. He he's in eighth grade, and uh, I was thinking like he we just burned that bridge because he had a passion for what he wanted to do, and he wasn't able to do it, and therefore he wasn't invested in learning these other things. It was all syntax as opposed to how do I create this, you know, this gaming website around my interest, where he would have naturally have taken it further. And probably exceeded the, the the weekly checklist if he was allowed to, you know, move through his problem of, you know, whatever that that task would have been had there been one. Um, and so, as as I was reading your articles, like this is what's happening. But um, so it leads me to this other idea because I think the one thing that we don't have in education is we don't have enough educators that maybe have the the the, the software experience, the, the coding experience, the the software engineer, the computer science type lens. Like it's 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 a very small market of educators who have any sort of life capacity skills or employment opportunities in there. Um, mm -hmm. And so you have that. And so what do you think are, what are maybe like some misconceptions that we need to think about from like the education side of things when it comes to, um, I don't want to just say coding because I know that's just one small part of computer science or, or, or the engineering pieces your article kind of talks about. Um, but what are some things that we should be thinking about to help people realize that it's more than just teaching syntax? Because I think a lot of us go, you have to teach us coding because all the research and all the PD we go to talks about the job for 
workforce and all these jobs that are unfilled mm-hmm. and you need to learn how to code. And I mean, that is the message that's getting pushed into schools all the time. Um, and so what else would you add to that so we can wrap our head around to start to go, okay, maybe we need to think about A, B, and C. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a few ways to go about that. One, I always get frustrated by the job arguments um, because you don't see people going out saying, we need to start teaching our kids how to write contracts and how to do tort law. We don't see, we need to teach our children how to do double entry bookkeeping. Like all these other things that are really important skills, for some reason don't, don't seem to be as important for kids, but I don't, I don't know why coding made the cut. Um, but the other thing I think I'll point out is that syntax and some of these things are so important, they're not actually as hard to pick up as people think. And I'll, and I'll give an example. Um, there's been a few people I've worked with who've come from different backgrounds, one of whom I, I like to bring up a lot because she's so awesome. Um, she was a journalist. She started at, by training. She started at a company I worked at writing web content, got interested in coding, so she started doing some of the side projects or some of the smaller tickets with us. And eventually she got really good, moved on, um, did a lot of stuff around the Kansas City area, which is where I'm from. And now she works for the Pokemon company, Coding for them. So she didn't have any of this background training, but she had all those other skills, you know, skills associated with journalism, learning how to dig deep, learning how to take in a lot of information from a variety of sources. Um, all these things are part of, part of the coding experience. And I, to give another example, I, I was working with someone on, on a project, and the person who was, who was in the room was one of the business people. And she was asking me, how do you do this thing? And I said, I don't know. I tried something. It didn't work. I tried something else. It didn't work. So I Googled it, which is, you know, a joke among programmers that half of what we do is look up things on the internet. You know, found some solutions, tried it out. And she looked at me and says, so if we can't figure out something, then we just Google it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. And so, you know, what I would encourage educators to think about is, it's, it's okay that you don't know the answers because that's what coding is. Coding is the process of, of figuring out the answers and um, learning how to take in information. And, and the difference really in experience levels is that people who have more experience can look at things faster, they have more intuition, they can parse through information quicker. Um, but the journey is really what it's all about. I think I went off on a tangent. What, no, what was the question? No, no, you're, you're, you're spot on. Because as you <laughs> yeah. were talking, I was thinking of, um, I've had to give some presentations these last couple of weeks to superintendents of school districts, uh, curriculum directors, um, the IT departments, just making people aware, like in, in the state of Iowa, where I live, that we actually have computer science standards that go into effect in July. And as you're <laughs> talking, um, it aligns with where my, my headspace is right now, where my first couple slides, um, my very first slide is, um, we don't need more computer scientists. And they just look at you. And I'm like, we just like, we don't teach, we don't teach language arts to create more authors. And we don't create math to have, teach math to have more mathematicians. Like we teach these subjects to create more well-rounded humans, to create more positive energy in the universe by having these skills and mindsets to be able to solve problems. And so as you're talking, I'm going, all right, this guy, I'm, I'm on the same page here with <laughs> this guy. And there's, I know there's people that disagree because I've sat in lots of presentations and the first thing they talk about is uh, the gap in the amount of jobs, you know, on the, the job posting sites and the, and the minimal amount of computer science graduates and the amount of money that those people make. And I'm always like, but what about the majority of people who aren't going to go into these fields, they still need an exposure. I think about the equity lens of, are we making sure that every kid has an opportunity to see if this 
is and could be a potential pathway of interest because you don't know mm-hmm. unless you dive in. Um, and so I think there's there's just a lot of things that we need to be thinking about in terms of the messages that we're, we're sending, especially in the education field. Um, mm-hmm. And so you mentioned that you do have a little bit of a librarian background. And so I, I, I do want to ask this question because I think it does give you um, some validity um, among educators um, who sometimes we are quick to judge those who are outside the education circle. But if you were to say you were in a, a school and your principal tells you, um, Joe, you're going to have to teach um, a computer science course. And I'll let you pick your grade level for, for your own sanity. How would you go about teaching that? Now you have to go give me lesson plans. But I think the idea is what happens then is, you know, we go and, and, and we find whatever the latest platform is that actually has built-in lessons. And we go, okay, we're going to do day one, day two, day three, day four. And I think that's where we're losing. Um, we're we're, we're going to lose kids. And this is going to fade out. And it's not going to be as successful as people think um, because we're thinking about it in the wrong lens. Um, and yeah. So if you were going to do it, how would you kind of frame that? Um, just because I'm curious because you actually dabble in this world as, as for a job and you also have kids and all those other things. And so I think it gives you a lot, a, a pretty, pretty good perspective. Yeah. Um, let me see. How, how would I approach it? Well, I'll, I'll approach it kind of the way that I've approached teaching other people, you know, teaching new people who are, or mentoring new developers, which is, you do, you know, you give them just enough that they can get rolling. So um, you mentioned your son learning HTML. So at some point you have to sit down and say, so here's a basic page that has an HTML tag. This is what the slashes mean. This is what's called markdown. But the minute you give them just the tiniest amount of stuff, then you give them an opportunity to explore that. Now, okay, make it, make a site that has a picture on it. And here's the places that you would look for information about how to do that. Here's the documentation and get rolling on it. And then eventually you can kind of gauge, and I'm sure all, all teachers know this, you can kind of gauge like when people are, are exploring versus when they hit that frustration point where they're about ready to, to throw the computer out the window and, and never look at it again. And that's when you kind of move in and get pointers and things like that. So, and, you know, I'll, I'll say I kind of have advice because I'm a web developer, so I have a web background. So yeah. um, making a simple website is a good start. And then having a website that does simple things is the next is the next point. And so I'm a JavaScript developer. That's the language of the web browser. So at that point, after they've been able to put on a picture, put in some text about something they're interested in, then you teach them a little bit of basics about how to do something else. Okay, well, let's, let's say we want a user to um, see a random a random picture. You know, let's let's have a button that every time you click on it, it puts in a random picture. And here's this here's some documentation. Here's some examples and they kind of let them go from there. And so it's that step-by-step building process, but it's always, it's always guided kind of by kind of what, what are they going for versus here's, here's the answer, now you implement it. It's more of like here's the, here's the solution that you want to get to, here's, here's where you want to be, and now you have to figure out how to get there. Because the one thing that's interesting about programming is there really is multiple dozens of ways to do the same thing, none of which are wrong. Um, there's some that are a little easier to work with over time, but kind of figuring that out and working with it and then going back and assessing it is how, how it would work. Um, let's see. I'd also probably do a, a class project because programming is a collaborative thing. There's almost no one who works completely in isolation. And so learning how to take what other people have done and integrate it with what you're working on is super important also. 
So I know that'd be a lot of work to set up, but that would probably be the closest thing to integrate the real world, but also give them a feeling of, of what it's like to actually do the thing and, and all the fun that goes with it. No, I think that's uh, some great points and definitely things I think that people are trying to wrap their head around how to make that happen. And I think it's, it's, it's spot on. I mean, obviously, um, so many of us are trying to figure out how to weave in that student voice and that student agency into their own learning with the constraints yeah. of the framework. In this case, we're talking computer science. But that can be true for um, literacy or math or foreign language. I mean, just giving those the kids opportunities to kind of dabble in those worlds and, and kind of paint their own canvas, um, you know, to kind of yeah. make their ideas come to life, I think is, is, is really key. Um, it's, it's, it's a little off topic, but it's really not, but I'm, I am curious because when I, I get, I get a chance to go to lots of education conferences around STEM and, and coding and these types of things. And, um, it, it's, it's interesting because a lot of educators celebrate like block coding. It's a good entry point, especially for younger kids. It's a good entry point for a lot of teachers getting new to it. Um, but I have talked to um, coders and developers that are not education, and there's always this interesting conversation always seems to happen like over dinner and things like that, whether or not block coding is, is actually coding or not. And so um, – just because I actually get a chance to talk to someone who's not in the education field, um, what are your thoughts around that? Not that it's it's super technical, um, but as as you have young kids and they're going to continue to grow, and I'm sure they're going to have some exposure um, to to some of these tools and, and things like that. Um, how do you navigate your world around that? I mean, do do you consider block coding coding? Um, and maybe that's just a, a simple yes or no. But more importantly, like. How do you see progression of infusing these types of tools along with everything else? I mean, I love in your article you talked about cooking and making and, and, and making chairs and the hands-on tools and all these other things that are really, really important. And so how do you think about that with your own kids? Because they're, they're going to be there you know, sooner than you think. Yeah. Um, so first, I guess I, I need to define what we're talking about. Block programming, is that, is that the thing where you kind of have little chunks that will like do something and you connect them with pipes? Yeah, yeah. So as okay. opposed to writing like like line coding like you would like in Python or, or basic, you know, there's like Scratch and, and Blockly, which they, they have just like colored blocks that say things. You know, it's really easy for a kid to slide over and kind of click together like, like, like Lego pieces. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's, I guess I'll just say it's, it's not coding, you know, it's not. Okay. But it's not it's not invaluable. Sure. You know, it's it's actually it's funny because there's there's a lot of services like that that are in production for, for the real world where you can do things like arrange servers and connect them, you know, connect things like that. And you can visualize server and architecture and some code architecture with these with these tools. And you know for the most part I, I think you know, if they're fun and the kids like it, I don't I don't think it would hurt necessarily i don't think it would make people coders you know i think it will i think it will teach them you know a few concepts like the only, the only thing that i can think of that really doesn't get brought up anywhere else are things like loops you know mm. almost everything else you do in programming is is comes down to something if you take an algebra you hit it you know it's it's a lot of those kind of things if this happens then this happens loops are kind of different and so being able to to experience that directly, I could see some value there. Okay. But but it's different, you know. And and I think that's another point I was trying to make in the article was you you are teaching you're teaching some of the same skills, but you don't have to teach them directly. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up is that if if they're not at a terminal 
typing numbers and letters into a text editor, they're not learning to code, quote unquote. And I, I just don't think that's true. Um, you mentioned makerspaces. I can't remember if that was before when we were talking. So I think that's a great example. You know, a makerspace is kind of open-ended. You can do all sorts of things there. And um, and so all of those things that you're learning as you're as you're in a makerspace, experiencing, you know, experiencing the world, trying things out, seeing what what you can build. That that could lead to a career in programming because you're you're taking those same ideas. You're coming up with an idea. You're taking the tools at your disposal, and you're just working with them and, and sweating and, and trying very hard to make something come out. And um, eventually it does, or eventually it doesn't, or eventually you get something half working. And that's that's closer to the experience, I think. Um, when I was a kid, we had a, a really great teacher when I was in elementary school. And he used to do a bunch of after-school clubs. There was a chess club. I think there was a fiction writing club. Um, but my favorite one that he came up with was what was called Inventors Club. And um, this was in the late 80s, so way before Makerspaces and all that. Sure. And, you know, we went into the room. In the first few weeks, we just kind of talked about things we'd like to invent. We drew pictures. We did all that stuff. And then as the year wore on, eventually we kind of came up with an idea. We'd write down the, the stuff we thought we needed, and then we'd try and prototype it out. And, you know, this was an informal setting, so that, I think is why he had the freedom to kind of do that. But I think that was much closer to what I do on a day-to-day basis than, than other things because it was so open-ended. You know, we, we had to figure out what we wanted to do and then we had to kind of break that into parts and then we had to break that part into more parts and then we had to kind of put it all back together. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds a lot of like, you know, like the, the, the buzz around like computational thinking, you know, that idea of mm-hmm. here's a problem, what we have to, you know, let's analyze what the actual issue is. Let's, let's decompose it. Let's figure out the algorithms, you know, and then kind of rebuild it and see if we actually have come up with a solution. And so, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just like you said, it's, it's the, the coding is one of many platforms, whether we're, we're, we're teaching coding or uh, we're teaching woodworking skills, we're teaching baking of, of getting kids to kind of work through how to solve problems, how to see the world a different way, how to gain perspectives and, you know, and kind of just build that, that self-advocacy of going, okay, mm-hmm. I have the skill sets to be able to do what's needed. And, and a lot of, of what I've been reading even recently is around the idea of like be, being like agile learners, right? Like we don't know in 10, 15, 20 years what the problems and what the needs of the world are going to be. I mean, there's always the standard exactly. ones, but do you have the, the skill sets to be able to ebb and flow with the demands mm-hmm. of our world? And I think that's really what's important, not so much of, I think, what, what you were speaking to in your article of everybody must learn the syntax because – you know, that's not as important as learning how to work through what people call the soft skills um, to be able to come up with solutions to, to problems that, that, that need soft. Yeah. So, hey, let me give a, another example um, that I thought about including, but just trying out of space. If you ask a bunch of programmers what their hobby is, the thing that will come up, maybe not the most, but it's really high up there, is music. Tons of coders are musicians. And um, this is also same true for people who are who are good at math, a lot of engineers. And I think that's because again, you know, those those are similar skills. It's it's a combination of something technical, you know, music. There's theory, music. There's there's time signatures and, and different notes. And but fusing that with something open ended and creative. Um, so in my family, me personally, there's there's four kids, two of whom are musicians of some sort, and two of whom are engineers. So, in my mind, that kind of shows just how closely, closely they, 
their leads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and I don't want to encourage people, this is, you know, another rabbit hole. I don't want people to make the kids become musicians because I think they'll make them engineers. But it's one of those things that you'll learn skills doing one thing that will apply somewhere else. And you may not even realize the connection. It may not seem obvious. It's much more important to, to dive deep and be passionate, I think. Yeah, and I think it's it's, it's funny that you, you mentioned that music reference. Um, I think of um, in in some of my workshops, I have a quote, and I, the name escapes me who says it, but it says the music is the silence between the notes, and it's the idea of, of when we're in education and teaching is you know the notes are like our constraints. It's it's the canvas that we have to work with, but the true art of ourselves, whether we're educators or learners or whatever the, the message is, 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 you know, that silence between the notes, that's where the magic really happens. And so um, it's that same kind of context. And I think with, with exactly what you're saying, you know, here are the constraints when we're talking a, a, a coding language or a software or music, but we have the open canvas to turn it into any sort of masterpiece that we want to, um, you know, within those constraints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, this, is, this has been really fantastic. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but as, as we kind of bring this to a close here, are there any other ideas or, or thoughts that you want to get out that we didn't get a chance to, to bring up through the conversation that you want to, to share out as, as we kind of bring this up full, full circle here? Yeah, I think, um, you know, to summarize what I was saying, I, I, don't, I don't want people to come away thinking they should never teach kids code because I think, if that's what a kid wants to do, you should encourage them. But I, I think you need to leave open spaces for for mistakes and tragedy in the light sense. Um, the one thing I, I've always wished for when I was a librarian was libraries had a lot of computers, but the computers are really locked down. And that to me was, was disappointing because if a kid wants to learn how to, to program, they need to be able to break things, both actually and metaphorically. Um, so... Just providing those opportunities, letting down the guards just a little bit so that, that kids can explore. Um, that's what's super important to me, or what I think is super important. Uh, the other thing that we didn't touch on that I want to emphasize, too, is um, the importance of math. And everyone knows math is important. It's super important. But I think um, the problem we have, have as a society is society kind of implies that math is bad and hard. But other things that math makes possible, like computer programming, is good and profitable. And so, <laughs> you know, if, I can, if I can solve this problem, I'd be a genius. But yes, teaching are. kids that math is, is actually fun and is the foundation of so much amazing stuff, I think would also go a long way. You don't need to teach programming because they'll pick up some of those skills just in regular math class. But they have to learn that those skills lead to something else, that they're all connected. No, I really like that. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it is a, it's a huge riff. Um, I know my wife's a, an algebra teacher, and so we're constantly trying to figure out ways to get kids just to see that there's, um, it's it's not terrible. You know, there's actually a yeah. lot of amazing things that can be done with numbers and math and thinking. And um, you know, one one project that we do, and um, I'll just share here because you were talking about the math is so in algebra. We use Desmos. It's an online calculator app that does about anything under the sun. And the kids write equations with domain and ranges, um, and they create um, artwork on the XY coordinate system. And then we go and cut those out on a vinyl cutter, and then they get these decals for, like, their cars or for their lockers. And just trying to get kids to see, like, oh, my gosh, you can actually do some things with numbers besides just, you know, solving equations all day. Um, right. And you'll get these kids that will write 
two to 700 equations to, could they want their, you know, um, I think of the one that I always share, like this girl, we just got, you know, she wanted her Sean Mendez vinyl sticker, you know, she wanted it so bad that she ended up writing like 750 lines of, of equations. And I'm like, you would never get that in any other way, but helping them see like that you math does a lot, you know, is such an eye opener for them. Um, exactly. so I'm really glad you brought that up because I do think it's something that gets easily overlooked. And I like that idea of that it's it's almost um, okay. And I, I don't want to say celebrated, but I don't know what other word to use. Celebrated to be like, I'm not good at math. But then it's also taboo um, to say that like, you don't want to be part of like coding and computer science. You know, and it's like you're, you're, you're talking the the same field. Um, so, um, really great, great idea for, for us to kind of think about, um, as we try to figure out how to make these systems work within our school system. Exactly. Yep. And so Joe, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to your article for those that haven't read it. Definitely read it. It's a, it's just a great piece, um, for you, for us to think about, um, not just coding, but just lots of things that we do in our classroom, um, as well as things, um, even, even if you're a parent, I'll, I'll even think of the applications of what are the intended and unintended messages that maybe I even deliver to my kids through conversations and, and nuances that we have even in parenting. And so, um, outside of that article, um, Joe, if people wanted to kind of follow up, and, and, and learn more about you or reach out to you and have some conversation, where's the, the best places for them to um, get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, place I'm most active is, is Twitter, and I'm at Joe S. Morgan. I'm sure you can share that link Yep. there. Also, I'm author of a book called Practical, excuse me, Simplifying JavaScript. And so I guess I don't know if you would be able to contact me through that, but that's something else I've done. Um, and those would be the best ways. And definitely reach out. I'd love to hear from people. I love educators. They mentioned this when I worked for the School of Education in Wisconsin for a year. So okay, um, I love love teachers. They're awesome people. That's so great. Well, Joe, this has been been a real pleasure. I appreciate you carving out some time to uh, speak with me about this. I'm I'm excited to get it out to the airwaves. Um, hopefully, it strikes up some more powerful conversations as people try to wrap their head around um, this, this kind of new wild west in terms. I think of, of the education landscape as people. This is this is a lot of new territory for for people to kind of think about. But I think there's there's definitely a need and an opportunity to help us rethink education in a bigger sense, not just in a, a coding computer science sense. Um, um, but, you know, trying to tackle those things, like you said, about math and everything else. And so um, I hope these, these conversations start to move that needle in the right direction. So thank you so much uh, for your time. Great. Thanks for having me.